0: To me, the most powerful idea is not that it's recreating Twitter-like things, but it's this open, permissionless ecosystem of apps. Anyone who creates one of those and it's great actually benefits the entire ecosystem.
1: Welcome back to Beyond the Price, a podcast from CoinPost that goes beyond the flashing numbers to explore how Bitcoin fits into the global economy and how real people and real companies are actually using it, especially in Asia. This is the 10th episode. Apparently 80% of podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes, so I guess that makes this a top 20% podcast. Aren't you lucky to be listening? This episode is special not just because it's a milestone, but because rather than having on just one guest, today we get to hear from all the people I interviewed at Nostrasia. If you've been following for a little while, then you know, but at the beginning of this month, there was a conference in Shibuya about Noster, a new protocol that addresses many of the problems we see on the internet today. I interviewed one of the organizers, Alex McShane, a few weeks ago, so if you haven't listened to that, I recommend checking it out, as it provides a lot of background info on Noster and the event. Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, is a big proponent of Noster, so much so that he paid for the entire event, and one of the key moments at the conference was his conversation with Edward Snowden. The whole conversation, as well as all the other sessions, are available online. Just check the show notes. But I'll be playing some key clips from that talk a little later, along with clips from my interviews with other builders, enthusiasts, and investors. So the structure of this episode will be like this. First, I'll do a little spiel about what Nostr is. Then you'll hear from some of the organizers and participants about Nostr, about the first conference, Nostrica, and how this one, Nostrasia, compares to that one, Then I'll play a few clips from Jack's conversation with Edward Snowden, then a few more interview clips about the challenges ahead and what's currently being built. I'm going to start real basic. It'll be old news for some of you, but I want this to be the kind of episode you can come to with no prior knowledge or you can send to friends who are fed up with current social media. I'm also going to do my best to keep it non-technical. I'll leave that to some of the people I interviewed, but hopefully I can lay the groundwork so that their explanations don't scare anyone off. Okay, so... Think of the social media platform you use the most these days. It could be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, maybe even TikTok. As much as you might like whatever app, I'm sure you've thought about leaving. I'm sure there are things you don't like about it sudden design changes, curation algorithm changes, excessive advertising, excessive bots. Maybe you just know you spend too much time on it doom scrolling. But it's hard to leave, because even if there's another platform you like more, your whole social network is on the one you're leaving. Your friends, the people you follow, the people who follow you. If only you could take your social network with you wherever you go. Or maybe you have a problem with the curation algorithm on your favorite platform. What used to serve up content that delighted you now just serves up content that outrages you, because that keeps you on the platform longer, watching ads longer. If only you could develop your own algorithm for seeing and discovering new content, or at least choose from multiple algorithms developed by others, people who don't profit from how addicted you get. Or maybe you live in an authoritarian country with heavy censorship of content posted online. Whether you're a journalist or just an average person, you can't speak freely, especially in criticizing your government, and you can't find trustworthy information online. If only there were a way of posting, and knowing it couldn't be deleted, and accessing other posts without being blocked. Or, and this is the last one, don't worry, maybe you're just sick of ads on everything you consume, from YouTube pre-rolls to banner ads to promoted posts on social media. You'd happily pay creators you like directly, but you don't wanna sign up to a subscription with your credit card, or make an account with your personal information, or have a bunch of middlemen take huge cuts. If only you could pay creators and service providers a small amount, on a case-by-case basis, basically a tip for just what you consume. The thing is that these problems can't be solved with just another social media platform because any company, no matter how well-intentioned it starts out, is incentivized to keep users on the platform, keep them there as long as possible and make as much money off of them as it can and obey any government censorship orders. Those that don't either get shut down or they lose out to more profitable rivals. The solution has to be deeper, which is why Noster isn't a company or a platform or a single app. It's a protocol, a set of rules that anyone can build on. Some people are building experiences like Twitter. Some people are building experiences like Instagram. There's even something like Medium for long form posts and others are building platforms like YouTube and Twitch for video. But at the heart of it, the communication between users happens over a network of relays that, well, relay the information. Anyone can run a relay and the fact that it's a network of relays rather than just one means that no single company or government controls the social graph or the data. They control the experience or interface that they're offering which are called clients but the communication and connections are beneath that. It's kind of like if one person were seeing their Facebook feed, another person seeing their Twitter feed, but it's the same feed just displayed in different ways according to your preferences. That said, it is super early, so the platforms currently built on Noster are still pretty clunky and technical. A lot of them are by individuals or small teams, so they can't compete with traditional apps on user experience yet. The first adopters are people who care more about ownership of your own social graph and data than convenience, more about control over algorithms rather than having an addicting experience, more about censorship resistance than audience size, but like I said a few episodes ago, things are evolving fast, and I'm amazed at how fast the experiences are improving. There's one more piece to this, the monetization aspect. You know, what prevents these experiences from being captured by advertisers like everything up until now? And that's where Bitcoin comes in. That's why this Bitcoin podcast is talking so much about Nostr, but I'm going to leave that for Jack Dorsey to explain because his reflection on where Twitter went wrong and how it could have been different if Bitcoin had been around at the time, I found it really powerful. Just one more note before I get out of the way and let others do the talking. The reason I'm interested in and hopeful about Nostr is not because I love social media. In fact, I hate social media. I hate that my job right now kind of depends on playing the game. I'd love to just walk away, but... I don't think we can afford to ignore the problem. We can't let the choice be either enter the dopamine casino at your own risk or be out of the loop from where huge swaths of your friends and the world spend their time. If we can fix social media, I think that results in spending less time on it, or at least the time we do spend on it being more worthwhile. OK, enough from me. Let's hear from the people who are so bullish on NOSTER that came all the way to Tokyo. Like I said, check out my interview with Alex McShane a few weeks ago. But first up, here's another of the organizers, Marce, on what drew her to NOSTER, why it's called NOSTER, and how she got involved with the first NOSTER conference, which was in Costa Rica in March.
2: Um, it's, it's a decentralized protocol created for the internet which basically lets you, it stands for notes and other stuff transmitted by relays. And what it means is that you can send information back and forth without having having it to stay on a centralized server. Um, Because servers, big servers where data is stored are usually owned by big tech companies like Amazon, which means that they hold all of the information of all of us and then they profit from it sending our data. But if we can send data freely for, to one another without it being stuck on a centralized server it means that first do not we don't, we're not the product, our information is not a product and second, uh, we can say and communicate freely without it being censorship. So Noster basically gives you the opportunity to create tools that allow you to communicate in a way that no one can stop you and then it also gives back humans the power of deciding how they navigate the internet because they're not subject to marketing that will bomb their feeds and their um, browsers for things that get pushed to them by governments and other companies
1: how would you describe the experience of first Starting to use Noster having come from traditional social media.
2: It's not easy. I am not a developer. Like I said, I do marketing and PR. So I I make things look pretty and I make events and they look nice. I don't do developing things. That's complicated. I'm more like artsy. Hmm. And when you have this mindset, going on a platform like Nostra, it requires a lot of work because everything is broken. And it's supposed to be like that because as we use it, we break it even more for it to evolve and become better.
1: Were you also at uh, Nostrica?
2: Yes, I was one of the organizers oh. for Nostrica. I'm from Costa Rica. so oh, amazing. Yeah, that was in my home country.
1: So tell us about Nostrica.
2: Nostrica. So you could really... Th- this is like right now people can't see this but we're at a conference venue and this is very conference like nostrica was like at a hippie commune it was so cool <laughs> uh everyone there uh, is so like connected to their soul mm. and the environment and like just being super hippie which is very funny because like nostrica is very bitcoiner
1: mm-hmm. and
2: bitcoiners are like me and um you know like
1: what is money? What
2: is money? And capitalism and free markets. And then we have Nosika at like a hippie commune where everybody's like, chill. And like, there's vegans and you have to walk barefoot. It's super cool because like, I literally was barefoot on stage every single day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's like the beach is right there. So it just gives you a whole new conference vibe. And you were, st- it just created this. It transmitted, like, what you were already feeling on Nostra, which is, like, hugs and and good vibes and the pura vida. Literally, you you were able to put in the pura vida, which is actually, in Costa Rica, we say pura vida a lot, which means pure life. Hmm. And it's, like, our slogan. And Nostrica, Nostra, just transmitted the pura vida mentality
1: 100%. It's kind of interesting, like, you have a, a decentralized protocol for communicating over the internet, but then you have an in-person event uh, where people come together. So what would you say Nostrica did for the development of of Nostr?
2: So one of the beautiful things about Nostr that I've seen is that everyone's willing to collaborate with the other one. So you and me, for example, we're here sitting doing an interview, you're interviewing me. Um, And I would love to interview you. And I would love for us to build content together because if the more content we build together the more the platform is used the protocol is used and we 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 make it we grow it we make it better and yeah. developers do that too so developers like they see a client and they're like oh I like what you're doing uh, let me build a, a mini-app for it. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm doing the same thing. Why don't we do it together instead of doing two separates of the same thing? Mm-hmm. And then you also have contrarian views, and you can sit down and discuss them, and you have a panel, and you sit them, and they're like, no, 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 I don't think this is the way. I think this is the way. And they're like, you know what? Let's each try our own way and see what's, who wins or what's the better. Right. And when you have this kind of events, it allows for people to sit down and... Put the human in front of you because yes the internet connects us all I'm from Costa Rica we're in Japan it connects us all but it does make a difference to be able to sit down next to someone and create together it gives you that human experience that you cannot get if we just stay on the internet
1: yeah yeah how would you compare uh, Nostrasia to Nostrica
2: well Nostrica is Costa Rica and Japan are very different countries in the sense that Costa Rica is very laid back. And Japan is very not laid back, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. I'm not, like I, both, both things are nice. Um, so this gives us a more comf- conference conference vibe here. Yeah. There's like definitely more of a conference conference whether Nostrica was more like a bunch of hippies getting together <laughs> to talk, <laughs> to grab a mic and talk. Yeah. So that's the difference. It
1: is an interesting collision. I mean, it's definitely the most casual conference I've been to in, in Japan. Yes. The the casual vibe of Nostra people versus the, like, very Japanese conference-like venue and uh, atmosphere, to an extent.
2: I, um, I have a friend who always says, like, Noster is not even Bitcoin and doesn't like Noster because it's not even Bitcoin mm. and then they'd be like I'm glad I didn't go to that conference I'm like yeah you couldn't handle this because it's like I think Noster we're like the hippies of Bitcoin we're just like very laid back we're like we're we're using Bitcoin and we're having fun while we're doing it building yes but making sure it's fun and, and beautiful
1: can you talk a little bit more about that because I think it, it's clear how Bitcoin has influenced NOSTER, like Bitcoiners are the biggest community on NOSTER. But could you talk a little bit more about how NOSTER may have influenced the Bitcoin community?
2: I feel like um, for a lot of people, um, this NOSTER gave them the first time to experience the Lightning Network. Okay. Uh, and I've seen it, especially people in like first world countries, because they don't really have to, they, they did not have to evolve on like going to have to pay with things with lightning yeah. they never had to experience that so uh, when you go when you go to certain Bitcoin circular economies in like third world countries that's where most of them are mm. and you finally get to experience using Bitcoin then you get to you get to have that uh, really cool feel like oh I can pay with lightning or yeah. Bitcoin is money it makes it tangible right yeah. Bitcoin is now money. Noster did that for a lot hmm. it created a free market it created like the option of like uh, I don't know Derek Ross who is one of the Noster's first users he the other day he was selling this little ostriches, ostriches tiny ostriches that his wife made hmm. and on mar- on like a, a website and they're like okay I can buy this and it like it gave you that first time hand to the experience with the lining Network right. um, and that changes the way you've you view like the, the, your view on on bitcoin because it g- takes you away from the huddle my bitcoin to use the network and buy again hmm. so dca and use the network and that's that's something that to me is super important because if we use the network if we use bitcoin it grows if we just evolve if all, if all of us just decide to buy bitcoin and hold it like we can huddle out all we want but it's not going to grow it's just going to be static whether if we move it around the network keeps growing it keeps, you keep testing it the same way you do with Nostr. Mm. you push it to its limit so it tests and it grows if we, all, if, if we all just like huddle which was like the mentality for a very long time yeah. it slows down the progress and it doesn't make it what it was meant to be which is like peer-to-peer cash system yeah. electronic cash system
1: Is there a particular feature that you really want to see developed on Nostr?
2: I am so excited about many things that I don't think I have a particular feature. But I do think that the most beautiful thing on Nostr is that it doesn't matter what you develop. My audience, my my followers, and my following comes with me.
1: Hmm.
2: And that's very powerful because then you're not limited to having to recreate their whole network on a different platform to do things and to me if like the more we can secure our followers and our following and like oh i like to create videos and we have a youtube version of nostr i love sap that stream i think that was really cool those things like i can do that and then i can write i like to write so i have snort i mean i have abla Hmm. you go to abla and you write then whoever, like from my audience, whoever likes that, they can go and read that, or from people I follow that I like that do that. I can go, I can find everyone everywhere. And again, the sense of community is just beautiful. Yeah.
1: Marseille also writes for the NOSTER Report, a daily post on NOSTER updates and other news. So once you make it onto NOSTER, check that out because it's pretty hard to stay on top of everything happening, especially when you don't necessarily have sorting algorithms telling you what's happening and how you should feel about it. Speaking of creators, next up is Max DiMarco, an independent filmmaker who also went to Nostrica and then made a documentary about it. You can find that on YouTube, and I should mention, you can also find recordings from Nostrika online, just check the show notes. Everything people mention in this episode is in the show notes.
3: Around a year ago or something, I heard uh, on Bitcoin Twitter someone mentioning this new alternative uh, called Nostr. At first, I didn't look that much into it. Uh, because I thought, ah, oh, that's just another hype, like those social media platforms which pop off then die again. Mm. Uh, and then I, a couple of weeks later, I think uh, someone endorsed it on on Twitter and I started looking into it and understanding a little bit more behind the technology. And then also happened to go to Nostrica, the first Nostra conference in Costa Rica. And there it really clicked for me what it was, before I had a rough understanding why Nostra is important and after this I was like, okay, this shit is real, we need to work to make this a reality that um, this survives. And yeah, that's why I've been working on a Nostra documentary, Mm. um, which basically I published it I think four months ago explaining Nostra for people who are non-technical Um, who understand why it's important. uh, And yeah, so that's why I'm here, basically meeting the people I like again and learning more about Nostra.
1: Nice. What's the name of the documentary?
3: It's called, like on YouTube, it's called uh, Social Media is Broken, Can We Fix It? Hmm. Um, Yeah, that's how we find it. Jack is on the thumbnail and yeah.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah. What were some memorable moments from Nostrika?
3: I mean... The vibe in general was just very heartful, because um, it was so quickly produced, it was so small, and all the people who came there, it was a proof of work to get there, because it's like three hours rides from the airport, then you need to fly into Costa Rica, so it was like a hardcore Nostra conference. Mm. And I never experienced something like this, and I don't think that is ever gonna happen again. Mm. Like, if I compare it to this one, is it's a really good conference, but it was special in a way that, Everybody decided, okay, I think Nostra is important, I need to go to Nostrika to see what other people think about it. And this just turned into a synergies from the people, which I think it's hard to replicate because it was so early, we all knew um, this is special, we need to push forward and yeah, that, that was just in general very memorable.
1: Do you think a lot of the development of Noster since Nostrica can directly be traced back to that event as like a catalyst?
3: Definitely, yeah. So I, I heard um, developers talking with each other how they solved certain uh, problems and I know that certain apps also came out of this. Right. So this was like, I would say, the initial fire to make all of this happen right. because they met in real life and it was not just okay this nim and this nim who was working on a on a client but it was the first time okay let's make a hackathon see what happens and yeah
1: yeah so i guess hopefully we can ex- we can we can hope for uh, another burst of energy and development after nostrasia for sure yeah, yeah. uh or th- have you been hearing any conversations or have you had any conversations here that make you excited for specific developments in the future?
3: Yeah, so I feel like last conference was more centered around how do we make the tech work and this was more around how do we make everything else around work as well. A lot of conversations were like, how do we market it correctly? Mm -hmm. How do we welcome the people? How do we onboard it? And I think if if you want this to succeed, it's extremely important to get this right. The, the tech is obviously also um, the foundation for all of this but if we start to talk about this r- now already uh, we can even maybe push in a lot of people earlier than it would normally be the case. So I hope that um, all of this is now also in the developers minds because I've talked with some people and I want to give them feedback out of a content creators perspective what I need yeah. Um, to share with my people so that's certainly something which I would hope that comes out of this
1: are there any good uh, video platforms on Noster right now
3: I mean I knew I use Noster builds but it's to be honest really bad because once you post it it's like gone it's like the discoverability for my content is really bad on sure. social media uh, on Noster mm-hmm. and that's why you still use YouTube because I'm able to reach new people new pockets of um, Yeah consumers and therefore I feel like for example algorithms per se is nothing bad. I Depend to, to a certain degree on and on a good algorithm to push my content to someone. Yeah, and so yeah I hope that we are able to find a way to properly implement them on Austria without making it a, a Casino with which just tries to push your dopamine levels.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to hear Jack talk about how Nostr feels like early Twitter and uh, yeah, I just hope that Nostr has something resilient that is uh, that can prevent it from going the same way as, yeah. as Twitter. I mean, the good thing is, I think NVK said this that... It's open
3: and free, so people are able to make a shitcoin, uh, a dopamine casino on it. Mm-hmm. But you certainly have the option to opt out. So yeah. I think it's going to happen nevertheless. And it's probably a good thing that it's happen- happening. Um, it's just, I hope that we have business models around those models because I still want an alternative which is not fucked up like TikTok.
1: <laughs> TikTok, indeed. Max mentioned some of the key topics at this conference, how heavy-handed clients should be with curation algorithms. In other words, how much should they decide what you see? Because while some people just want a straight chronological feed, that means you miss any big conversations that happen while you're not on the app. And it's also harder for new users to discover like-minded people and content. But curation is a slippery slope toward the dopamine casino that Max mentioned, so I think he's right. The key is not eliminating that, It's just making it so people can leave the casino and go to another client or another algorithm without losing their network. In that interview, I mentioned something Jack Dorsey said, so why don't I go ahead and play that clip? This conversation with Edward Snowden was truly special. Jack starts by recognizing everything Edward gave up to expose the world to just how much our governments are spying on us. And Snowden, in turn, expresses admiration that even though Twitter made Jack fabulously wealthy, he didn't just walk away. He's been clear that it didn't turn out the way he wanted and he stuck around to support and continue building toward that vision of an open internet that isn't captured by advertisers and governments so let's start with them talking about what the internet used to be like and where it went wrong
4: but the internet was amazing it was something special it was something that governments didn't really understand Uh, they couldn't really intrude upon they were just kind of sitting back and watching to see what happened uh, and then suddenly, you know, what went, went from being amazing to not. And Twitter
0: felt the same way. It was amazing, and then suddenly it was not. Uh, and the world, frankly,
4: uh, in recent years, uh, when we go back to younger days, maybe it's you know rose-colored glasses and nostalgia, uh, but I think there's a little bit more to it. Uh, everything was amazing, and then suddenly, not. Uh, you know, Cory Doctorow has talked about uh, his theory of and shitification, if you can excuse the language, but you know, this is a little less formal, Uh, where we got the free ride on the internet of of the creative generation and the sharing culture. Uh, And now the profiteers have sort of moved in. Uh, The pressures and the fiduciary duties have uh, sort of overcome. And now the state is changing. Uh, But I think it's not just the network state, uh, that's being changed, the state
0: of the services, but, but the state of the world. And it's just amazing to, to see how curious and driven you are by the feeling of the internet more than anything else, and, and how it could make people feel, how it made you feel. And I think everyone in this room has had that feeling. It, it feels open, it feels permissionless, it feels wild and weird and um, and unexpected in almost every way, and I in my life I never planned to, to really be a CEO or even start a business, but it happened to be the most effective way to spread the idea, and in, in, in this case it was it was Twitter. But what I what I learned uh, when I was in it is that there grows um, these single points of failure. Um, and the single point of fa- the number one single point of failure was was myself. Um, in that I was leading and making decisions around this for hundreds of millions of people and policy. Um, the The next was what you mentioned incentives around revenue. Twitter um, was beautiful in the early days, and Rabble has talked about this. And that it was a pretty wide open API to the degree where uh, we had so many developers on it experimenting, actually a lot of them in Japan. Japan was our biggest market um, because we had so many developers use the API to make things like Tamagotchis that you could feed and you could see pass away and live and smile. It was, it was amazing. But it actually brought the site down all the time. And uh, and we got this this fail whale. But that's when it most felt like a protocol and that's when it most, it felt most like it felt the most special. As soon as we grew we we started with that feeling, but then we took money from VCs and we made people that we employed a promise that these shares that we would give them would be worth some meaningful amount more than they were today. And that just set up a whole series of events that took us public and before that created a a, a business model such as advertising, which became another single point of failure. Is the advertising pressure and the, the revenue model. Um, I've said in the past that like if, if Bitcoin existed before Twitter started, we would have had a much better option and a much better path than, removed at least one of the single points of failure and that's what makes me so excited about Nostra is it does have micro payments. like it's real, it's, it's a scaled experiment that we can actually learn from. And that to me is so rare and, and so amazing that it actually exists uh, right now and people can play with it and most importantly feel it. And then the last single point of failure that was meaningful was what you mentioned in terms of the government in terms of regulators. Obviously a lot of this was exposed in the Twitter files and it's um, it's very challenging as an individual or anyone in the company when the government or any government comes knocking at your door. It's very hard to um, take the stand that, that you took, um, especially as you have concerns about revenue and the company just going away because we're the smallest of the giants against Facebook and Google and everything else. And um, all that to say, what I think is changing, and these are all pendulum swings, and I think the pendulum is swinging back to a world where we can actually persist more open protocols because we have things like Bitcoin where everyone who contributes to Bitcoin, from a development perspective or from a marketing perspective or a policy perspective, makes it better for everyone else who does the same thing. And you have this very interesting virtuous loop. And I think the same is true for for Nostr. To me, the most powerful idea is not that it's recreating Twitter-like things or, or handling the social media use case, but it's this open, permissionless ecosystem of apps that Anyone who creates one of those, and it's great, actually benefits the entire ecosystem. So it's this like cooperation that continues to build upon itself in, in a very unique way. And I just don't, I don't know if we've had the tools to do that
1: before. I thought it was really interesting that Jack ascribed the failure of Twitter, at least in part, to the need to please advertisers, and that if they'd had Bitcoin at the time, they could have pursued a different revenue model. And to kind of spell that out, the reason Bitcoin makes the difference is that it too is an open protocol, an open money protocol. Anyone can incorporate payments into their application because it's permissionless. If you want people to be able to send a tiny sum of money to someone instead of liking their post, you can do that. On Nostra, those are called zaps. And you'll hear some of the people I interview talking about zaps. It's a great way of incentivizing great content and also signaling to other people where the great content is because Sending actual money, actual value to someone for their post means a lot more than just uh, an impression or even liking or reposting something. If you want people to pay a bit to read an article rather than having to sign up for a monthly subscription, you can do that. If you want to pay creators, whether it's articles, podcasts, live streaming, or even games, or if you want to pay consumers for that matter, you can do that. No banks, no borders, no middlemen taking fees or blocking legitimate transactions to preserve existing power structures. And Jack talks about Noster being the same, but for communication rather than transactions. Of course, along with people living under authoritarian regimes who have a real need for unstoppable money and unstoppable communication, you have the potential for abuse, whether that's funding crime like terrorism, or on the speech side, creating extremist echo chambers. Snowden also referenced this and the balance between freedom and security. So let's go to that next.
4: There's this level of uh, sort of anti-social activity that exists in any open network, that exists uh, in, you know, open life outside. Uh, there is always going to be a uh, criminal or non-cooperative element in society.
0: And
4: theoretically, uh, one of the rules of government is to kind of Make sure those don't step on the toes of everybody else too hard, right, to to try to manage it. The problem starts when they go, oh, well, we can eliminate this, and you get the messianic vision of what uh, government could be uh, or the institution could be, and you actually see this uh, beginning more strongly to infect uh, major media institutions recently, which is quite difficult. Uh, where they go, you know, certain kinds of speech are impermissible, where we don't put here, we don't show here, we don't publish here. Uh, the debate is narrowed. Uh, as opposed to the old uh, sort of <laughs> uh, like the, the, the mean buff doggy versus cheese, uh, right? Where you've got the one that's jacked how it used to be, and then, you know, the little sad uh, pudgy one that, that as it exists today. It used to be that we said, you know, The way to deal with bad speech is more speech. Uh, You drag the bad argument out into the light. You discredit it. You show why it's unconvincing. Uh, And then people no longer adhere to that idea. Well, nowadays, we go, well, let's just hide it. Let's put it in the dark. Well, bad ideas grow best in the dark, where they aren't challenged, where they aren't confronted. Uh, And communities develop out of that and just a a whole universe of problems derive. Struck me is you said, you know, you thought the basic mistake with Twitter was not making it a protocol. You publicly pressured, uh, or at least invited Elon many times, uh, to take Twitter to be protocol based. Uh, and here you are with Nostr saying, you know, it needs to be an unowned protocol. Uh, and the fact that we have uh, basically independent speech and we have at least this hook here uh, for independent payments, Uh, to me is the real game changer. I mean, that's what basically limits the damage that these government regulatory and institutional speeches can do to public health, right? Because they're supposed to be protecting health. And frankly, even the worst of us understand that government can have a positive role, uh, even for the most radical of us, if they're kept within the box right, of, of where they need to be. When government starts climbing out of that box, that's when things get dangerous. Uh, and so we need to have a pretty strong box, we need to have pretty strong borders. And the only technical solutions that we have found to legal or policy problems uh, in the computing era uh, have been ones that are, that are uh, hard lines like encryption, uh, or like the fact that this is a protocol, right, and you can't just go to something and say, take this down. But there, there's one more thing that I, I, I want to get to on that. Uh, and it's this sense that government is something that's being done to us now uh, that we don't really have meaningful control over. Uh, like, government is a natural disaster. Um, the government actually likes that whatever country you're in right that they want to be left alone to govern to make decisions to order to regulate uh and, and they don't really want a lot of back talk um they don't want agitation they don't want to uh, dissent they don't want dissidents there is this idea among the governing classes that if they're just left alone uh, to do their work things will get better um, that there is a comfortable silence, that if you guys would just shut up and let us get to this, uh, we'll fix the problems for you, don't, don't worry. But that again comes from that false consensus of how what the problems are, how they are to be fixed. Uh, but the most important point of freedom of speech and uh, the idea of democracy in general uh, is that we get to argue about what the problems are. In the first place and it's very clear to me that there's not agreement in that today Uh, but there is agreement uh, within the institution uh the government is the answer and i i think that's dangerous so the more free speech the more free protocols the more creative people striving to create alternative ways to interact uh, the better because otherwise these problems are going to be solved for us and I, I think in ways that are historically harmful. I think they already have been, and
1: I think will get worse. It's a hot topic these days, free speech versus safe spaces. To what extent should places of public discourse, which these days is mostly social media, be monitored and censored? It's tricky, but I thought Edward made a great point that trying to completely eliminate antisocial behavior never works. It just pushes it to a place where it isn't challenged and instead grows more potent. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, whether it's permissionless money or permissionless communication. Which is worse, the potential for abuse by criminals or the potential for abuse by those in power? And I tend to think that in the same way that the solution for bad speech is more speech and the solution for bad science is more science, the solution is always the thing that keeps the door open to change rather than closing it. Maybe this is too much of a generalization, but I'm starting to suspect that even though permissionless technologies can be used for evil, they inherently favor the disempowered, rather than those in power. And that's the side we need to err on so that we don't lock ourselves into any existing power structure. Because when conversation fails, the only thing left is violence. So it's important to keep conversation open, even if it means sometimes people say and do things we really don't like. In other words, I wonder if decentralized solutions facilitate a self-correcting society, not that it ever becomes perfect, but that it keeps the door open to turning the other way when we veer into extremism, whereas centralized solutions inevitably trend toward monopoly and less and less ability to course-correct. I don't know, it's something I'm going to have to think a lot more about, and probably a lot of that will happen on these podcasts, so if that's something you're interested in, then please join me and, and also let me know your thoughts. The last two clips I'll play from this session are Jack and Edward talking about the concept of an everything app, how concerning that is, and how only a decentralized alternative can compete.
4: I think there's an authoritarian center of gravity uh, that is pulling all manner of governments toward it. Uh, The Chinese government is very authoritarian, and many governments around the world are very authoritarian. Uh, But what's interesting is that we're seeing more liberal governments Becoming more authoritarian. Uh, COVID was a, really a bright red morning flag. Uh, that it doesn't take much. Uh, sense of panic, sense of emergency. We're seeing the same thing with uh, Israel and Hamas right now. Uh, where we go, but you know, somebody's crossed the line. There's a 9-11 moment, uh, and the old rules no longer apply. Classic rights will no longer be protected. The world has changed, so we as institutions will change. If there's not time logistically for a vote. There's not time for a conversation. This is an emergency, don't you understand? And so we need to use the maximum extent of our capability and our technology um, to confront the threat. And step by step, bit by bit, you what you see is you see China and the United States becoming more like. You see Europe and China coming, or like, they still differ. There is distance between them, but the distance is narrow. And, and that really is what alarms, particularly when you start looking at capability, when you look at surveillance, when you look at QR codes, when you look at control of money flows, when you look at control of communications, when you look at real name policies and identities, when you look at the fact that there's an you know, everything app. Uh, in China, like WeChat, that does you know, payments, it does chat, it does identity, it does social media, uh, it does travel, it does tickets, um, but the government in China requires you to go to the office and ship ID in order to activate your account, and then you hear Elon Musk saying, "Oh, X is going to be an everything app. He's starting to pay people, but then you have to tie it to your identity in order to get paid." Uh, these are things that should really alarm us. It does
0: feel we're moving like the um, the everything app is going to be our future, and I love what you said about um, the Chinese and liberal governments around the world becoming a lot more like, and the gap shrinking. And it feels like the, the best Yeah, thing, it's just a graphic. Yeah, and the best thing that we can do, knowing that there will be these everything apps and probably competing across literal state lines is to have a third option, which is something like Noster and something like Bitcoin where you do have this, um, this potential for all these apps to work together in a very seamless way without the individual using them, having to consider how they switch between that That was one of the most powerful things for me in encountering NOS for the first time is I could literally take my secret key and go to another client and everything just worked. And if you yeah. expand that to all these micro apps and the universe micro apps, then you basically have, um, you basically have the everything app, but you have it on open protocol, where everyone can build, and it's a real competitive uh, answer to what China is building and, and what companies in the U.S. and in Western countries are building, and will most likely, um, given the direction, is is going to capture all of us. So we have an option, and it's in this room, fortunately, and I want to thank you all for.
1: For me, this is a really powerful point, that either we build our future in a decentralized way, or it gets built for us in a much more dystopian way. In another session, Bitcoin and Noster developer Ben Ark called Noster the everything app of freedom. On the topic of building Noster, and particularly on the topic of building it to compete with centralized alternatives, I had a really interesting interview with Greg Kidd, someone who's known Jack for a very long time, and is an investor in Noster Projects and has some ideas as well as concerns for its future.
5: Well, it goes way back. I'd worked as a consultant for Booz Allen and Financial Services, left to do a startup actually in the dispatch courier space. That's the company that Jack hacked into. He was very interested in dispatch. We learned a lot about text messaging because we dispatched all that, 140 characters. Hmm. Jack, not me, had the novel insight that you could dispatch just to everybody or anybody who wanted to follow. That was the beginning of Twitter. Jack happened to be living with me at that time, so I did put some money in and did a little bit of contract work from Twitter in the early days. And then because of my payments background, was involved as a risk advisor for Square early on. Mm. So that's kind of that, that heritage way back with Jack. You know, more linked to here, we were first round investors in Lightning. We've been interested in other layer one protocols like Solana. Um, Super excited to see Noster as a decentralized version of, of Twitter. So we're yeah. kind of embarrassed about what Twitter has become. And so you can call this our kind of our, you know, sin redemption for for what Twitter became.
1: You're not optimistic about uh, Elon's plans for X.
5: Well, I, what, there are some things we like that Elon is doing, which is moving away from advertising. I never liked the advertising model in the mm-hmm. first place to pay content. but you know, Elon's got kind of sharp elbows, and by the time he's um, you know fixed the patient, it may be dead three times over. But so there are things we like that, that Elon is doing. We, we, we hate a world where um, everything is driven by advertising. We're very pro-content creator. Um, but you know there may be he may mySpace it before, <laughs> before he gets to the Holy Land. in the meantime, there are opportunities for others to, to get it right. Mm-hmm. And, and we think Noster's is one of those possibilities, but it's not the only one.
1: Yeah, how did you first uh, get interested in or involved with Noster?
5: So Noster's roots actually go back to Scuttlebutt, which was a fully peer-to-peer model for passing posts between people, hmm. and one of our portfolio companies, Planetary, built their, um, their capabilities for a messaging and social network platform on top of Scuttlebutt, but it really, really didn't scale, and we made the decision back at the end of last year that Noster was simply a superior form of Scuttlebutt because it it had peer-to-peer aspects, but it had something in between peer-to-peer and a centralized server which was basically a distributed set of what they call relays or servers, and that's the amazing middle ground. Very simple concept, elegantly in, implemented, um, and, and we just thought that was a superior architecture, uh, and so we jumped on board, ditched Scuttlebutt, and went all in on Noster.
1: Hmm. What do you think success looks like for Noster?
5: Well, to me, success for Noster would be to turn Twitter into Myspace, and just have all the people that were like, anybody, for us, success would mean any content that you want to have people follow, you would ingest into a Noster-type client or Relay. And then whether that was on-posted and discovered, well, just in Noster or on-posted and discovered in Reddit or Twitter. like, But that that's success for us, is mm. people actually ingest their content into a Noster-based protocol offering and maintain their list of who they follow and are followed by, then, then, then you win. Then you've, you've basically detached the concept of content hosting, who's following and who's being followed by from any application.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and, and that, that's a future in which people sort of own their bundle of sticks. And in this case, the bundle of sticks is content. In some other case, it might be value, like for, for Bitcoin. So we want to see the same revolution happen with content that we've seen happen with money, with, with Bitcoin and other forms of crypto, that, mm. that people could own their own bundle of sticks.
1: What do you think the challenges are standing between us now and, and that success?
5: Well, one great thing about Nostra is it's very friendly to developers. But at the end of the day, we're gotta sign up customers as well Mm -hmm. as developers and have it be sticky and so there are many many interesting protocols that don't become usable by the general public uh, both businesses and consumers and nostr faces that risk so it is sort of preaching to the converted potentially to the sort of bitcoin maximalist community Mm -hmm. and they might like knock it out of that and have 100 percent, like share of mind for 1% of the market. So we're kind of concerned about the other 99%. And and currently right now, if you brought a sort of a non-Bitcoiner to like any of the Nostra clients, you might get them through the first day or week. But if you look at those fall off rates, they don't keep coming back. And so it's a developer playground right now and not not a user playground. And so, you know, I was at Twitter when we had 20 employees and we had 20 million users. Nostra has a big development community and 10,000 active users a month. So that, that's, that's not the right ratios from our point
1: of view.
0: Mm.
1: Do you think maybe the future, like we need some Twitter-like company to come in and build on top of Nostra? Is that the, is that the way forward? Or is it more like protocol level uh, changes, developments?
5: I I think the, it comes down, there was a a presentation yesterday and somebody asked about, well, what about governance for NOSTR? And there was sort of a scoffing at that, that there should be any sort of governance at all. The NOSTR system and ecosystem will just thrive without without governance. I, I don't really understand how that will work. And I'm a historian by training. And if I look back at the internet, even things that we take as protocols today, whether it's TCP, IP, or. SMTP, um, at periods of time, or DNS, there was someone or a group of people that gave strong leadership, and you know, it could have gone either way. You can't just assume that something, because it's technically a superior protocol, is going to win. It's, mm. the, it's the Sony Betamax example. And so, I do think that, that Nostra needs a champion, or a, a group of champions, that define winning as getting to the point where they, you know, they get hundreds of millions or billions of users. And from our point of view, unless you have a vision that every single person, business entity out there is gonna have a Noster identity, then you're not you're not playing to win. Mm-hmm. You're basically playing to, to either lose or lose slow. We don't want there to be like an autocratic person that but there needs to be some leadership. And right now might be a little short of that in the Nostra community. Hmm. Although it's a, you know, it's beautiful, it's cuddly, it, it feels warm and fuzzy, but I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not sure this is what I want to take to go to war
1: with Elon. Right, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an interesting perspective.
5: Like Elon, you know, probably wants Nostra to, to fail, right? Now. Right. <laughs> so, you know, nothing against Elon, but we, we kind of want to not fail and we want to win. So, you know, we, we better be, we better run our A game.
1: Hmm. Um, I, you've seen, you've probably seen some of these competitions before up until now with, uh, whether it's Twitter or these other platforms. Um, what, are there specific things you'd like to see going forward with Nostra? More, more uh, leadership leadership? Uh, any other...
5: Well, you know, it's kind of strange. Like, we, we, we've got sort of Nostra alternatives like Mastodon and Blue Sky, which are fairly centralized in comparison. So, sort of my question is, how do you get sort of Nostra principles into those other platform solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, also Nostra, they talk about interoperability between the clients. I'm sort of interested in Nostra interoperability With other protocols. Well, Bitcoin and Lightning is one they've done very well with. But what about, like, Matrix for messaging? Like, instead of assuming that Nostra's got to recreate the whole world, well, how about having Nostra play nice in the sandbox with other protocols so it becomes part of a Web 3.0 DeFi alternative to the Web 2.0 companies? But I just don't think it's realistic for Nostra to do that all on its own. And I don't think it's realistic for Nostra to do that just by looking inward. Mm. So we are looking for the Nostra community to, you know, again, figure out how to like, you know, team up. So somebody who's doing like uh, creating a website for a business or an organization would come to maybe a bundle that includes like Matrix and Nostra and whatever else, Like, like maybe Bitcoin and Lightning, but also maybe supports stable coins as well. So it seems like, you know, you don't have to pick winners and losers. They're actually part of an active community that represents an alternative to Web 2.0. Mm-hmm. How
1: about from an investment perspective, what does uh, success look like? Uh, what are what are some revenue models that you see that would uh, supply that return on investment for you?
5: Well, we really like the concept that with a Nostr identity anybody who posts content and anybody who sees that content if they have a Nostr identity as well they ought to be able to pay to see that content and that payment ideally shouldn't go through the platform that they discovered that content on hmm. so you might create Nostr content have it, so it could be discovered on Nostra, but that content, if it could also then be posted as a link on Reddit or on Instagram or any of the 2.0 platforms or just in WhatsApp as a text message, You know, as long as you click on that and your ability to pay for that is because you have a Nostra identity, the creator has a Nostra identity, well, now you're in the world of bypass, bypassing Visa and MasterCard, bypassing Apple and Google. That's amazing. So yep. if, if you can get, if, if, if NOSTER is close to the step of simply identifying is who is the seeker, who's the provider, who's the poster, who's the viewer, and wherever those messages are going, money can flow there too, well, then that's like, it's like SWIFT, the banking system for banks, but for the little guy, mm-hmm. right? And if, so if NOSTER is the backbone for like creating an identity that can be followed or that you can follow from, and the money can follow those messages, that's kind of like all the money in the world. Yeah. So, so we're, we, we believe the protocol is correct and properly positioned, but it's just a question of like not getting Sony Betamaxed by an inferior technological solution, but it's a little bit more rock and roll for going out in the market.
1: On the topic of making Nostr more rock and roll, I also spoke with some of the people building on Noster, so let's hear from them, starting with Michelle Z, who's building a Goodreads type of app called My Librarian.
6: My Librarian in the Stacks came out of my graduate school project, and I started to do video book reviews, and then we started aggregating others' video book reviews, and I would encourage all my team to create video book reviews, and we have a website, in the stacks.tv. And it gives book recommendations, and people use it and love it. But we wanted to scale it through code, so we ended up scraping the review data of all these video of all the book reviews that librarians have done, because wow. they are. Um, subject matter experts in books, we like to think. Yeah. And so we've put all this data into a database. It's a data set called the Librarian Brain. It's patent pending, and that fuels our products. We have a book recommendation app, we have an Android demo, we have a, a web app, and now we're been, we've been fundraising and building for some time to get it onto iOS test flight, and it is so expensive to do so. Oh, really? But yeah, I can talk more about that, but why we're, uh, interested in, in Noster is because our community will be the new Goodreads on mm. built on Noster. Okay. And it's mostly because of the PDP payment option. We see and love zaps and uh, find that it would be a really seamless and you know credible, authentic way to pay our creators, whether it's the librarians or the authors or whoever people can just you know zap each other and we see the entire protocol of Noster just you know, um, being the backbone of so many very interesting apps.
1: So you're thinking a, a Goodreads type thing. Goodreads is where people read a book, they, they rate it, write a review, and I assume there's some kind of follow function. You can follow people who, uh, who whose tastes seem to line up with your own.
6: It really is the Facebook for book lovers mm-hmm. and it was acquired about nine years ago by Amazon and they haven't updated the UX or anything at all but mm. Amazon wanted you know their data and their algorithms and I'm not even really sure if they implemented them maybe into the Kindle recommendation area on your you know your tablet mm. you know and maybe I think that they did absorb it into that area but we feel that uh, librarian recommendations just add a whole new aspect to the uh, you know book lover ecosystem. The one thing that I do want to talk about is the discoverability and the people whose voices are overlooked, or if they're new voices and they're not like a you know like typical like old guard you know um, journalism that will probably you know come over to Noster eventually, and uh, you know there's always the big players but what about the new voices and if you know I do feel like uh, if things happen naturally and organically that's great but the algorithms just aren't fair Mm. for uh, you know for discoverability and even organic I mean I tend to like really alternative things that aren't going to have a lot of relevance but like something really I'm not going to say dumb, but something that I'm not interested in, and it, like maybe is really mainstream popular culture, just gets so much play. Or like the, there's like pay for play. You know, like their Kardashians basically pay for all their publicity. Mm. That's why they're mentioned everywhere. So, you know, just things like that. I feel like uh, if you're a small creator who has, who's like right, who has a small following or wanting to just you know create A larger following. It, take, it can take years for people to like kind of like stick that out to build like a community. and So I wish there was a better way to do it.
1: Like I mentioned earlier, algorithms were a big topic at the conference, and you hear Michelle mentioning some of the issues here. In one of the sessions, Will Kasserin, the creator of DAMAS, which is a Twitter like Noster app for iOS, predicts that next year will be the Year of Algorithms on Noster, because most apps right now are just chronological feeds. Uh, also, Milian, the CEO of Primal, which is a popular web-based Noster app, said he's excited for a marketplace of feeds. Until now, the choice given to us by the likes of Facebook and Twitter has been either a chronological feed or the feed that they want to show us. So I really hope this becomes a reality where we have all kinds of sorting algorithms to choose from and can even fine-tune different dials like how much do we want to see from people we follow, how much from people they follow, how much of certain topics, how many posts from a single person at a time. I was also able to interview the CEO of Wallet of Satoshi, which is the most common Bitcoin wallet people connect to Noster to be able to zap each other. So here's some of what Daniel had to say.
7: Um, Yeah, well, NOSTA, again, is one step ahead of Lightning, whereas this is just the bleeding edge of technology. Um, We're really just starting to investigate. I mean, NOSTA stands for notes and other stuff transmitted by relays, right? Mm. So we've seen the notes, but there's lots of other stuff being developed. Yeah. um, And we haven't even scratched the surface of that yet. So um, that's why we're interested in NOSTA, to see where it goes. Yeah.
1: Is it uh, correct that Wallet of Satoshi is the most used wallet on on Nostr with the zaps?
7: Uh, I think it probably is. Yeah, mm. we were pretty early in developing it and it's an easy way to do it, yeah. Did you have to um, develop something for that to be possible or or was it
1: uh, able to be hooked up pretty permissionlessly?
7: Yeah, well it's c- completely permissionless. Uh, as you, um, you think about it, Nostr isn't is just a protocol and and it's hard for non-devs to understand that but it's just a set of rules that somebody's put out there and everyone starts using so you don't need permission from anybody all you need to do is make your app conform to those rules and you can talk to literally any other app that's Mm. on the internet um and that's the beautiful thing about open protocols that that's such an open system and anyone can use it yeah
1: yeah um are you optimistic about some of these uh, challenges? For instance, the Apple or the App Store uh, removing Domus until they got rid of zaps because any any in-app payment they want thirty uh, percent. Mm. Do you think the solution lies in just building parallel systems, or um, I mean, I've had I've heard both sides presented on stage: mm-hmm. where we should just build completely separately, or we should sort of bend the knee and. Um, get into the system, get users, and then try to push push for a change within the
7: system. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of with you on that one. I, I don't know the answer to mm. that. <laughs> I know that that um, from a developer' standpoint, the Apple App Store is just a constant um, thorn in our side, a rock in our shoe. It, it's really difficult mm. um, even to release updates. Um, for a well-established app, I can't imagine what it's like trying to release uh, you know, some kind of new app on Noster. Right. Um But that's what people use, and it provides a bunch of protections for, for users as well. Um, so I don't know. We just need to try everything and see where we end up. Zooming out, are, are you
1: concerned about the future? I mean, we are trying to build things, whether it's Bitcoin or Lightning or Nostr. We are trying to build things that take power away from the established structures. Uh, do you think... Um, how optimistic are you that, that that could be somewhat peaceful, or do you think there's really going to be some uh, some tough times ahead? Yeah, that's
7: a good question. Uh, it's hard to know, um, because governments really do rely on, on being able to control their currencies. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen any large-scale changes of that yet, but that open technology of Bitcoin does allow that power to shift away um, and, and separate the state from its currency. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest, if it's a good thing or where it's gonna go, um, but just like with AI, I think, it's it's can't be stopped. Like, yeah. the, it's an open protocol, it's out there and, and the internet's gonna happen, so we j- just gotta try to do, do the best that we can with mm. it. Specifically, I, I think, I'm interested in seeing what we can do with Wallet of Satoshi and some of the newer protocols, like, like NOSTA Wallet Connect, um, just seeing what, what some of the other guys are doing um, and maybe coming up with ideas about how to improve it for new users, uh, maybe improving on the Lightning address that we have. I notice people starting to think about a, a native NOSTA payment address, which is an interesting idea. Hmm. So I'm going to be pushing for that and see see if we can get something good there. Speaking of Bitcoin companies, I was also able to talk with NVK,
1: the founder of CoinKite, a company that makes the cold card a popular hardware wallet for Bitcoin, as well as a range of other hardware products.
8: So we looked at Noster a few years ago, and uh, you know it was still quite early and sort of you know uncertain. And, uh, but you know, with VHF uh, sort of being a Bitcoiner, and you know, Nostr using Bitcoin crypto primitives mm-hmm. on how signatures work, it was pretty natural for us to try to go explore. Uh, and I can't remember when we did it, but we built a, a relay from scratch, BRB.IO, mm. uh, and uh, it broke. Uh, and sort of like we don't have time to maintain that, but uh, we we essentially like trying to explore Nostr and try to figure out if there is something we can contribute. Yeah. Aside from time, conferences, and things that we do. Um, you know, uh, we're making our SatsLink the device that we announced at the conference, so people can do Noster uh, on the go. Yeah, I caught the end of that announcement, but can you tell me
1: uh, a little bit about what you announced here?
8: Yeah, sure. So, so SatsLink is a, essentially like a handheld device with batteries uh, that has a full keyboard, hmm. uh, very similar to like something like a BlackBerry kind of thing, um, and uh, it can do P2P, so mesh communication so you can do say for example an Oscar between each other on a conference huh. uh, without going through the internet and if you want to go through the internet you connect to the Wi-Fi and sort of go from there it's a hacking device for people that want to like explore uh, with a portable I think we're like in a very sort of like nice moment now because the hype sort of like died a little right so we don't have to like focus on scaling servers and things which is like you know it's it's unfortunate because you're not building new things, you're just sort of surviving. Right. Um, so now we can sort of use this, this bear of users to sort of like build new things and try new things so that, you know, we go back to trying to make servers survive the next inflow of users, you know, in maybe a few, a few months from now.
1: And finally, I spoke with Max Hillebrand, economist and privacy advocate, about the origins of Nostr and what he's most excited about. One note. NIP stands for NOSTER Improvement Proposal. Or at least I thought it did, but checking it now, it seems it actually stands for NOSTER Implementation Possibility. Either way, it's a proposed or actual change to the NOSTER protocol. How did you first get interested in or involved in NOSTER?
9: Uh, ben Ark is an old friend of mine. Mm. We uh, did many, many hours of videos together on the World Crypto Network, and he is one of my favorite hackers. Uh, he came up with so many amazing cool ideas on on using these freedom th- uh, technologies and uh, eventually we we talked at length about uh, diagon alley uh, which was a original proposal for a marketplace in cyberspace uh, secured and authenticated by private public keys hmm. and, and distributed across multiple servers um, uh, and that sounds very similar to nostril that's because it is right yeah. so uh, fiat jeff um, somehow got uh, you know, wind, wind of this tech and Fiat Jeff is much more of a let's say rigorous uh, design thinker and programmer and, and not just a jokester like Ben and me <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he really took it to the next level and and wrote the nips hmm. and and specified it properly uh, and then uh, the the first Noster well clients were born eventually uh, and now well years later we actually have a NIP 42 or something for for Noster marketplaces and so we're coming all the way back to the original intent of what Diagon Alley was supposed to be, right. Right? This, this free Agora, this free marketplace in cyberspace. Uh, and we can now do that on Noster, but so much more as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And I definitely had no idea of how much it, it would blow up, but uh, in hindsight, it is so obvious, right? All, like all that Noster is, is some content, some metadata, and a signature, hmm. and that's it. Uh Uh, And you can do so much with such a fundamentally simple building block uh, that it it is obvious that uh, this has really the potential to change so much.
1: Are there any particular uh, developments or uh, potentials that you're excited about with Nostra?
9: All of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very difficult to say. Um, the, the marketplaces, of course, that that is really something uh, extraordinarily important, um, and again, a path like uh, a a progressionary thing, right? We we first need to have a, a global communication, and we need to have a global money, and only then can we think about global marketplaces, right? Uh, so this is something where I think it's it's time has definitely come, um, uh, but then things like the data vending machine, right, is. Uh, basically a global marketplace for AI compute uh, that's fascinating right and how else are the AI agents gonna earn money if not on the unstoppable communications and monetary network hmm. uh, so this is something where you know the two two hype cycles kind of combine and it, it will probably go through the roof yeah um, highlighter.com uh, is another fascinating idea right? the idea to that the the metadata and and other people's insight on top of a certain piece of information is extremely valuable to you right to know what your friends are thinking about a certain paragraph in a book That's that's just wonderful And 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 the way that we now have a structured uh, and 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 like well-designed way of sharing these type of insights will again just unlock a plethora of of information and, and context and hopefully help people understand uh, whatever topics they, they, they want to research. Hmm. And so the, the idea of um, having a, a social graph uh, that, that is you know, uh, built and verified on top of private-public key pairs, and this goes back to the old days of PGP right, in 1992 or something uh, where we wanted to have a web of trust of being rather certain that this public key actually belongs to a certain person. Well, the UX of, of PGP was dreadful, right? Yeah, and like, sure, I was part of like one or two key signing parties, but uh, and, and I handed out my PGP paper slip to many people, but um, it never really took off. Hmm. But then on Noster, you know, I have hundreds or thousands of followers by now. They've all signed my key, hmm. right? We've literally done the key signing party in the, the best UX of just, hey, look, this is someone's post. Do you like it? Subscribe, follow him. And voila, we, we have, we're, we've built a web of trust with a UX that's, that's very intuitive and, and known to people already right? and, and that's why it works. Hmm. And, and all of that together plus so much more, uh, is, is just staggering.
1: Yeah yeah. Um, how's the event how's Australia been for you so far?
9: Fantastic, fantastic. I have one rule at, at these conferences. don't listen to the talks. Oh really <laughs> because the talks are recorded and the conversations in the hallway are not true right, so true. I'm just here hanging out with everyone and and talking and seeing the ideas that they cannot can come up with and seeing on how, how we can improve it even further if, if there are some flaws in in the thinking and just encouraging people to keep building mm. because these technologies are, are so incredibly important it's it's hard to under understate of how crucially important these freedom technologies are. Yeah. Uh, and we really need to keep building. And it's lovely to have this this vibe of a community here, uh, just getting things done and having fun with it. Right? This is not like some corporate uh, nonsense, boring suit and tie kind of event. Mm. No, we're just hanging out and having fun. Um, and the, the end result of that is more freedom tech. And uh, you know, the, the way is uh, the goal or the journey is the goal. Um, And I'm definitely loving it here. Uh, And all the connections and new people and new friends to make. It's absolutely wonderful.
1: That seems like a good note to end it on. So I'll just say that although I wasn't able to interview any of the Japanese participants in person, I did get some comments from two speakers after the fact. Shion said she was impressed by the enthusiasm of the participants as well as the amount of interaction between users from overseas and the Japanese community, even if they had to use DeepL to communicate. She also thought it might bring Bitcoiners and non-Bitcoiners closer together, since for Bitcoiners, Nostr is a breakthrough in terms of Lightning Network adoption, and for non-Bitcoiners, the Zaps are an interesting experience. She's looking forward to more use cases, both as a new kind of social media and beyond social media, for example, a hosting service called Hoster. Tsurudun said it was great to meet people in real life he'd only interacted with on Nostr, and he hopes it gets more convenient and receptive so it grows from just hardcore fans to a larger user base. Nostr's strengths like extensibility and flexibility should appeal to developers, but the censorship resistance and active community should appeal to non-devs too. Both of them wanted to encourage people to just try it out. It's not as hard as some people have made it out to be. You don't even need to register an email address. Japan has a surprisingly large NOSTER community. I think it's safe to say it's the second most common language after English. And the way the Japanese community is using it is a little different than the English community. Dedicated Japanese relays, a lot less Bitcoin talk, and some cultural quirks coming out in how they tag or don't tag people in posts. So hopefully we see more communities coming to NOSTER and bringing their own cultures. Okay, I promised I'd give some recommendations for where to start. It's hard to stay on top of all the things being built, but I would say if you have an iPhone and you're looking for something like Twitter, definitely try out Damus. It's on the App Store. If you're on Android, try out Amethyst. If you want to explore it on your browser, you can try Primal. And if you want something like Medium, check out habla.news. Links to all of this are in the show notes, along with everything else that was mentioned. And if you did enjoy this, follow the show so you don't miss the next episode. If you'd like to help me out, a rating or review or sharing this episode with a friend would really go a long way. In any case, let me know what you thought. I'm going to give Edward Snowden the last word, but thank you so much for listening and talk to you again soon. I've had a tough
4: couple of years, frankly, looking at the direction of the Internet, looking at the direction of privacy law, looking at uh, this is sort of civil uh, dis- decay and uh, the discourse and decay. And to hear you still optimistic to hear you still positive to see everyone in the crowd who's come here right you guys wouldn't be here uh if you weren't already outliers uh we don't need everybody in the world to join us to build something great uh we just need to care and to try Uh, so i guess this is my turn to thank you absolutely thank you
8: GM Radio.